Good to see you here. Uh, turn in your hymnals to page 534. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And we'll stand as we sing. Hymn 534. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to know the safe the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I love thee How I prove him more and more Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust him more Oh, how sweet It's indeed a privilege to be called your children so that we can indeed trust you. Thank you so much for your love for us. We ask that you'll be with all that occurs in this service and that your name will be honored through the singing, through the testimonies, and through the preaching for Christ's sake. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, we have our uh, usual midweek prayer service and uh, an Awana. Um, there's a deacon meeting on Thursday at 7.30. Uh, the adult Christmas social is on the 10th at 5.30. Uh, there's not a sign-up sheet out there yet, or is there one in the back of the church? One in the back of the church? Obviously, I wasn't back there. Um, Josh and Joanna T uh, Town will be the um, ones who will be uh, our missionaries that we're, we're giving uh, to. Uh, we also will have a, a family coming to sing um, for our program. It's always a special, a special time of fellowship. Um, I think that's all the announcements that we have. Um, let's turn now on our hymnals to page 613. 
simply trusting every day, trusting through a stormy way, even when my faith is small, trusting Jesus that is all, trusting as the moments fly, trusting the days go by, trusting Him whatever befall, trusting Jesus that is all. Brightly doth His Spirit shine into this poor heart of mine, while He I cannot fall, trusting Jesus that is all, trusting as the moments fly, trusting as the days go by, trusting Him whatever befall, trusting Jesus that Verse 3 as the last. Singing if my way is clear, praying if the path be drear, if in danger for him call, trusting Jesus that is all, trusting as the Forget, I did forget to announce that on the 11th, we will be having Jeff Schuler coming to candidate as our potential pastor, and there'll be a special meeting uh, then held on the 14th of December <coughs> to vote on his candidacy. Um, there will also be a question and answer time, uh, probably before the uh, evening service, uh, where uh, we, we can meet and uh, you can ask questions of uh, Jeff and his wife. Uh, they're very open, they're very warm people. <clears throat> so, uh, I, again, uh, I, I failed to uh, announce that earlier. Turn in your, uh, hymn, uh, in your Bibles to our memory verse, or you can do, uh, look in your uh, bulletin, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. <clears throat> All right, let's say the, uh, the reference and verse and reference, do it twice. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Say Thessalonians five times in a row. I always loved tongue twisters when I was growing up. <clears throat> Does anyone have a, a, a prayer request to share or a testimony?
Yes. That's all right. I just drew a blank. Fred. First off, I'd like to say uh, thank you, Lord, for my salvation. And that's uh, kind of what the message was on this morning and then all his provisions. And uh, I just, you know, I can't, I can't, I can, I, I'll start with, you know, thank you for my salvation and end with saying, uh, thank you, Lord, I have a heavenly home and one day I'll be there. But uh, my concern right now is uh, my daughter, uh, Carolyn, uh, everybody heard about the tragedy of the five kids that were killed in that school bus. My daughter taught four of them. She's a speech she path taught four of them? She's a speech pathologist in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And she knew four of those children personally. And uh, they, they were at school as kindergarten to five gra uh, fifth grade. And there's like 1,200 students in that school. So it's a you know, large elementary school. But uh, she was really devastated. So uh, keep her in, in prayer in uh, those families, you know. Uh, her prayer, because, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a kind-hearted uh, lady, uh, my daughter is. And, uh, it, it, you know, she's really uh, devastated right now. And also remember, Lucy, she's not doing too well. She's getting older, and the pains and aches are getting worse, and she's breaking more bones and everything, seems like. So keep her in prayer. And uh, uh, once again, I thank God for my salvation. He's done so much for me. Thank you. Thank you, Fred. Someone else? Up here, Dr. Dan. Uh, just a quick note on our son, Tim. He's uh, probably heading back to Texas at this point now. He was home for a three-day leave and uh, had a good time with the kids. He'll be there for about two more weeks, and uh, then he'll head to the, the Middle East for about 10, 10 months. So continue to pray for him and his, his family, wife, and three kids. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, I'm thankful for is, you know, and I'm sure his parents and uh, with all our children and things like that, as was preached this morning, even at a time like this when you're hurting, uh, you know that you could commit your kids to the hands of a loving God who's got his arms wrapped around them and taking care of them wherever they are. So uh, we're thankful for that. And that's one thing that I just uh, thank, thank the Lord and praise him for. Thank you. We need to remember our, our service people every day as we pray. Someone else. Could we get a report on Matt from Eileen? I'm putting you on the spot, Eileen. Yeah, I talked to him yesterday. He's doing really well. Um, he still has difficulty dealing with the loss of his friend. Um, but he said that, you know, he knows that God is good and he's actually got an opportunity to learn how to drive a huge, massive 36-ton vehicle that um, is used to detect mines and stuff like that. He was chosen out of, like, 50 or 60 of them 
So he's excited. He can't wait to start learning and, you know, know that God's going to bless him. Thank you. Continue to pray for Matt. That, that is a very difficult loss when you, lose, you watch a friend lose his life in a training activity. All right, if there's no one else, we'll ask the ushers to come forward. And as they come, let us pray. Father, we're indeed a privileged people when we can um, pray for those who are at a distance, pray for uh, Fred's daughter and for these uh, families of these little ones who were lost their lives in this bus crash. We just are awed, O oh Lord, by the fact that you can care for these families and that you can be a witness uh, through Fred's uh, daughter. Again, O oh Lord, for Tim, we just thank you for his safety so far. We ask, O oh Lord, that as he returns, that you'll watch over him and care for him, protect him, and bring him back safely after his tour of duty to his family. And for um, Matt, we, we rejoice with him that he's able to learn new things. He's excited about it. And yet, O oh Lord, console him and the family of this uh, friend who lost his life as they were training. Uh, we know, O oh Lord, that you're a loving God, and if this, if this person knew you as Lord and Savior, he's with you. Again, we thank you for the opportunity we have to share in our, the, the uh, love that you've shared with us through our material things. And may we honor you through our giving for Christ's sake. Amen. Turn on your hymnals now to page 592. Let's stand as we sing the first and last verses.
seated and before we have the preaching we have Dawn and Christina coming to uh, minister in music. Sweet. 
Isn't it a joy to be able to hear the voices joined together of mother and daughter? And Wednesday night we had sister and sister. The blend is really good when it's family. And I can't go wrong when I say Dave is preaching tonight. Good evening. We're on, right? Okay. You know your belt's too tight when you can't get the clip. <laughs> That's why they put that pocket there. <laughs> We're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <clears throat> this wasn't planned, but... Um, Not by me, anyway. It wasn't planned by me. Um, it, was our, it was our memory verse. We finished up last, last time uh, in chapter 5, verses 4 through 8. And David mentioned uh, verse, or chapter 5, verse uh, 18 this morning, which was also our memory verse. Um, so God is at work, I believe, once again. So we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Last time we... We talked, um, us being not the last time we as a congregation talked. Um, we looked at verses four or five, four through eight, and we said that, that there were some things that um, we could be comforted by. We said that we're not in darkness anymore, but we're now in the light, Amen. right? We said that we have a peace that the world uh, doesn't understand, a, a peace that passes all understanding. We said that we're, we were encouraged to be wakeful to be indulging the spirit, right, and not the flesh. Uh, we said we were, re we were also reminded that the, of the armor of God, that he has provided the blessed breastplate of faith and love and, and the helmet of the hope of salvation. And, uh, and why, was, why were all them things necessary? And I believe it goes, as it goes on through chapter 5 here, one of the reasons is because, uh, so that we can know God's will for our life. There's some things we need to be reminded of, um, uh, before, before maybe a truth is stated, if you will. I'm going to suggest tonight, and I uh, hope the doctrinal police aren't out there, but I'm going to suggest tonight that, uh, that God has a primary and a secondary will for our life. Um, the, uh, the, the latter, God's secondary will, is more personal. It's guided by the Holy Spirit's leading for each of our lives independently, separately. And I'm going to suggest that uh, tonight, as we talk about it, that the pri God's primary will for our life um, is something that, that he wants for each and every one of us together. Uh, things that, you know, he may lead Jeff to, to go in a certain direction with his job and to be able to, to witness to certain people and, and things like that and lead certain, lend, uh, put certain things on his heart to, to do and to share. But these are things that Jeff and I and that all of us are included when it talks about God's will for our life. And um, no matter who we are, no matter how old we are, how long we've been a Christian, where we've served, what we've done, um, God's will, uh, I believe here, it starts as something that is, that is base, if you will. Um, and it starts with salvation. In, uh, in verse 9, we read, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, if you want a pre-trib argument, by the way, I believe that's one of them. Um, 
But this is God's will for all humanity. You know, we start at the, at the base, if you will, the, the salvation, that all should come to repentance. Um, repentance is a change in direction, which results in a change of life. So go in the world's direction and now go in God's direction, where God wants to lead us in his, in his will. Um, you think about the, the, uh, the salvation, and we're in an evening service, and, and that song we just read, um, or sung, it says, I love to tell the story to those who know it best. That God chose to send his son for me, for each one of us. He chose at one point in time, recognizing there was nothing I could do on my own to get to heaven. That I was separated from God. And he chose to send Jesus Christ to step in between us and pay that penalty, pay that price that I could not pay. And so as, as we look at verse 9 and talks about the obtaining of that salvation, and, and, um, which is one of the glorious benefits that results immediately from God's will. Uh, in verse 10, it goes on, it says, Who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together for him. So again, an initial benefit of, of salvation, if you will. So just a heads up, by the way, in verse 10 it says... Uh, whether we live or we, uh, we shall live together with him. We, being us, shall live together forever for eternity with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be your neighbor for a while. So you better get used to it. Uh, you better get used to the person next to you and the one across the aisle from you because um, we're going to be together for a while. And um, so having said that, this morning, um, or this morning, this evening, I start out, I get up pretty early, and by like 4 o'clock I'm done. So this is... Tomorrow morning for me, I guess. Um, so this evening, we're going to look at a um, message that, that I entitled, God's Will for Your Life. Um, but we could, we could probably apply many different um, titles to this message. Um, but it's the starting point, if you will. I don't believe, personally, that, that you can know God's secondary will without being in His primary will, as we look at it tonight. So let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you once again for the privilege to be able to look into your word, Lord, for the privilege to be able to, to be guided and directed by the truth that, uh, that, is, that is only one truth, Lord. We know as when, that you promise that as we look into your word tonight, you promise that it's not going to return void, Lord, and we're going to hold you to that once again, Lord, that you'll uh, do something in our hearts and our minds and our lives to be able to, to walk out of this place to be to be lights in a dark world, Lord, to be able to make a change and a difference in the lives of the people that we come in contact with for your glory and for your honor. And we pray that as we do so, we would seek to do your will in all things for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So in verse 11, we're going to... Actually, I'm going to read through verse 11 to verse, uh, to verse 18. Verse 11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. And, beseech, and we beseech you, brethren to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very, very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and then our memory verse, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Verse 11, wherefore, comfort yourselves together. 
comfort, to call near. It's, it talks about a, a, a support, if you will, to be able to draw each other close enough to console each other, to provide relief to each other. It says, wherefore, therefore, because of everything that we just read, because in verse 9 that we're not appointed to wrath, but appointed to salvation. In verse 10, because he died for us, whether we sleep, wake, or sleep, nevertheless we shall live together with him. Because of all those things, verse 11 says, wherefore. You know, while we're here on earth, there's some things that we should be doing together. And it says there, wherefore comfort yourselves together. Um, talks about to edify one another, to build up. Uh, wh- why is it seem, maybe it's just me, that people find it very easy to, to tear down rather than build up, to find fault? And even for Christians, um, maybe the first things that come to mind are things that bother us, people, things that people do that bother us, the things that annoy us. Um, it's often, it's much easier to find fault. You know, there's a management philosophy out there. It's been out there for a while. It actually started with a Christian author. Um, but uh, it talks about looking at, the idea is to look at, often we want to we find where we're weak and build up those weaknesses. Well, the idea is that the, the time that it takes to build up those weaknesses, it's wasted time. Let's look at the strengths that we have and be able to utilize those strengths and identify how we can utilize those strengths and I think it's the same thing among, among the brethren. You know, each of us have a strength, have a, have a um, gift. Thank you, Jeff. Have a gift. <laughs> and we should be identifying those gifts, those strengths, and, and as we'll talk about tonight, uh, identifying those in, in fellow believers and being able to edify and build those, build, build those up in, in each other. Um, we see this even among... Uh, are more so among our closest friends, our family, and things of that nature. Um, those that, that get to see our, our real colors, if you will. Um, and I thought about that. Why is that? And oftentimes, because they're the ones that are going to forgive us easiest. Uh, but that, that shouldn't be. Um, we should be helping each other to improve every step along the way. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, Unity is necessary to the outpouring of the Spirit of God. He said, if you have 120 volts of electricity coming into your house, but you have broken wiring, you may turn on the switch, but nothing works. No lights come on, the stove doesn't warm, the radio doesn't play. And why is that? Because you have broken wiring. The power is ready to do its work, but where there is broken wiring, there is no power. He goes on to say this, unity is necessary among the children of God if we're going to know the flow of power and to see God do his wonders. And um, so I have to ask myself, you know, what am I doing today that tears down a fellow believer? And I might not be doing anything that, that's, that tears them down, but if I switch that around, I say, what am I doing to build up a fellow believer? Then, then it strikes a nerve. Then I start to think, what, am I, you know, what opportunities do I have that I'm not taking advantage of to be able to lift up? Will we be critical of somebody or something that they're doing? The good test, I, I heard this a number of years ago, they said the, uh, a good test is, what is your discussion at lunchtime after church? After you leave morning service and you go home and you're among family, what's the discussion there? And that'll identify whether you're looking to build up 
looking to tear down. Each and every believer has at least one thing in common. When I thought about this, and you put this in the perspective, at least in my mind, um, the Holy Spirit of God indwells in each of us. We have some, that's, our com- that's our commonality. And if, if I reach out and I seek to harm somebody or seek not to build them up, then in, in effect, I'm, I'm harming the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. So then I ask my question this. Do I want to be accountable for hampering the work of the Holy Spirit or to be partakers together in strengthening His work in each of those individuals that I come into contact, in each individual and each member of our church as brothers and sisters in Christ? Have you ever, have you ever been out in the water and, and uh, been in a boat with somebody who does not understand the principle of rowing? I don't know if you've been there or not. Um, but uh, long story short is, is you get out there by experience, and I'm not sure how we got out in the middle of this lake with, with speedboats going by and jet skis, and uh, we were just not in sync. We end up rowing and trying to do this, and you just end up sitting out just going in circles. And, um, and in, the, in the same way, we need, you need to be of the same mind, have the same direction. It says there, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. Seek to be of one mind, building each other up uh, in a way that, that we can. Um, by the way, our conversations identify our, our leanings, if you will. Our, our conversations identify our leanings. In verse 12, it continues on, and it says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. God beseeches us, he begs us, he entreats us, he asks us earnestly. I like this, somebody, one person said this, they said, he asks it as a personal favor. And it says, and we beseech you, brethren, as a personal favor, we're asking you to do these things, to know them which labor among you, to consider them, to treat them accordingly, to understand them. As fellow believers in the faith, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9 says, for we are laborers together with God, Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. And those that are over us, in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, obey them which have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. It speaks to those that, that admonish us. That word admonish, when I, when I read that, I think it's I think very harsh. Um, you're going to be admonished. Um, but it actually just means to warn. It means to look out for, for your best interest. Those that are interested in, in not only seeing the best for you, but how the best for you can be the best for God. So we have a responsibility to each other, to our pastor. Uh, it says there, uh, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord. So both of those, both of those people... Um, their offices. Have you ever thought that, I thought about this too several times over the, over the years, that, that the pastor of the church will not be held responsible for our actions? He, if he performs his duties, if he, if he does everything that he's required to do, he's not going to be held for the responsibility, held responsible for the actions of Dave Mills. But Dave Mills is going to be held, for the respons- held responsible for whether or not he was a partaker in a profitable ministry of that pastor. But we'll be held responsible for hindering his effectiveness. 
So we should understand each other, our duties, as well as the duties of our under-shepherd. Consider each other as, the body of, as, as a part in the body of Christ. You know, if we labor um, together as members, and we think about each, each member as a part of the body, um, and one part is missing, then we're just not going to be as, as effective as we would if, the, if all the parts were working together. So each time we seek to build up a member, build up a fellow believer, then all we're doing is strengthening the body and strengthening its ability to be able to do the work of the ministry. It goes on in verse 13, and it says, and to, esteem, and to esteem them very highly in their love for their work, uh, very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. To esteem them very highly, to value them, to value each other. Somebody once said this, they said, love seeks the best for the object loved. Love seeks the best for the object loves, loved. Think about the, the love that God had for his people. And he sought the best for the object love. He gave his life. And so if we truly love the church, if we truly love God, we'll love the things he loves. The things that he loves are Christians or all people, as a matter of fact. But especially those, as the Bible tells us, are of the household of faith. And so we should be looking to, 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 as we love each other, to be able to build each other up and seek the best for the object loved. Be at peace, it says. John R. Rice said this, he says, people go wrong in their fellowships before they go wrong in their doctrine. People go wrong in their fellowships before they go wrong in their doctrine. See, a lack of peace among the brethren will have a definite and lasting impact. A definite and lasting impact. So everything we do should be done in a way that doesn't hinder each other's ability to be faithful and to serve God. Turn, if you would, to second, or 1 Corinthians real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Familiar passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. And it says, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see... They which hath knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not, uh, idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened or be, uh, be uh, given courage or encouraged to eat those things which are offered to idols? And though, my knowledge, and though thy knowledge shall be uh, weak, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died." It goes on and says, Wherefore, if meat shall make uh, my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. The ultimate goal for the Christian is to glorify God and, and edify the believer, have a good reputation among unbelievers. And Christian liberty ends at the point where it causes a brother to stumble. I think if we focus on not what we want, but what's best for the best for our, our, our church, best for our fellow Christian, our fellow believers, I think we'll be much better off in the long run. There's things over, over the years I thought, I, you know, I have, I have liberty to do that, but does that, what does that benefit? And how much more would it benefit if I didn't, didn't act out on those things? So Romans, uh, actually, if we seek the best for the object loved, then in verse Romans 15.1, it says... Uh, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. It goes on in verse 2 and says, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. And if we do this, we must esteem our relationships very highly for the work's sake because it's the, 
the will of God. In verse 14, it continues on, and it says, Now we exhort you, uh, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient toward all men. Warn them that are unruly. You know, I've, I've seen over the years the warning of them that are unruly. Folks want to jump straight to 2 Thessalonians 3.6. Somebody's acting out, somebody's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh, walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which ye have received. But the question is, what have we done in the interim? You know, avoidance is, is, is easy. No one likes conflict. I looked uh, a couple days ago, a list of things, and they haven't changed. The list of things that people fear the most. Um, Commitment, public speaking, death, they're all at the top. Uh, but conflict always makes its way up there as well. Nobody likes conflict. I say nobody. There's some people that enjoy conflict. But most people don't like conflict. And, uh, but that gives us no excuse to waver from our responsibilities. We can't be forgetful of Matthew Chapter 18 and verse 15, when it says, Moreover, if thy brethren shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and he, him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Here we see a sense of compassion, a sense of empathy, an avenue to edification, if you will, with a goal to, to build up. Our goal should always be to warn and not to scold. Now, I don't want to be misled here or mis misrepresented. And there's always going to be a time, there's a place for escalation. But that shouldn't be our goal. Our, sh our goal should always be to build up, always be to edify. It goes on and says, comfort the feeble-minded, those that are faint of heart, those that are sinking, those that are in temptations and struggles. Um, unfortunately, over the years, I've seen a number of, of brothers and sisters in Christ get kicked while they're down, and that should never be our, our uh, we should never be, be in that business. Um, there's a time for instruction, but there's also here, it talks about being a time for encouragement and a time for consoling. Um, goes on, it says, support the weak. To support somebody, we have to come in contact with them. I thought about that. <clears throat> it said, support the weak. I thought if I was downstairs and somebody was walking up or down the steps coming, coming up and, and I could see that they were struggling and I just stood back and said, everything's going to be okay. I can see back here. It's all good and they fell back down the steps, then it would do no good. But to, but to actually support them, I need to come in contact with them. You think about that, and, and, and from a distance, and, and I think I'll talk about this in a minute here, but, you know, I'll pray for you. I used to, I used to like, there was, there's been a couple people, Pastor Jones was one of them, that, um, you know, everybody says, yeah, I'll pray about that, I'll, and I do it myself. Somebody tells me something, yeah, I'll, I'll put that on my prayer. And he would always stop and say, let's do that right now. Let's, let's do it right now. Um, not putting those things off. But supporting the weak. Especially, it's talking about those that are spiritually weak. Um, don't get angry with them. Come alongside them and support them to encourage them. One of the things that, um, that I've had to be reminded of over the years is that we're all in different stages of growth. And also that pride cometh before destruction. And to stand back and to and to stand back, I just saw the lights go by there, um, the ambulance lights. You know, the view from up here, you get to see a little bit things a little bit differently. 
It just reminded me, we had a, we had a, a pastor one time, somebody's father that's here, that would stop service if the, 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 the fire alarm went off and pray for those folks because they were heading out into, into, into danger. Um, anyway, kind of off the beaten path there. Um, but we should be uh, encouraging them. I have to remember that we're all in different stages of growth um, and that pride goeth before destruction. I'm always reminded of this. You might be on the mountaintop today, but rest assured the valley is just over the hill. And uh, so we need to pray with them. And I didn't uh, notice I didn't say pray for them, and that's important, and we need to do that. But one of the things I've noticed, I've, I've, I've realized over the years is that you know, when you sit down and pray for somebody, you get to know that person like you've never had before. There's, there's people that I've sat down to pray with that I, I didn't care for. And when we got up, it was a whole different story because you're starting to understand what they're... You start to understand what, what they see as being important. You start to see what they're struggling with. You start to see that, that they, you know, they really do have a, have a heart. Um, so that's important. And I'm just going to throw out, I don't know if we're still looking for for um, prayer partners, but uh, there's a perfect opportunity, you know, for folks that I've prayed with over the years in our, in our prayer partner ministry, and you, you just get to know people. You get to care about their families. It's a good thing. And be patient toward all men. Um, there's not one of us here that, that at some point it doesn't, is not going to be, uh, is not going to require patience from time to time. Um, and after all, God's been as patient as he is with us, then we definitely owe that to his creation and to our fellow, fellow believers. Verse 15, it continues on. It says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow, after the, uh, ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. See that none render evil for evil, but follow after that which is good among others and, and among all men. Um, I think we get the gist of that. I'm not sure we have to explain that. That's uh, Revenge is an interesting thing. I'm always reminded, um, somebody once said, they said, revenge uh, will never reap the rewards intended. Um, it'll hurt you and them. Matter of fact, somebody was quoted as saying, a man that studieth revenge keepeth his own wounds green, which otherwise would heal. Um, and I know you're thinking, brother, I'd never do that. I don't seek revenge. <laughs> I never think of those things. God wouldn't have put it in the Word of God if it wasn't a problem with man. And, uh, and I'll leave at it at that. So how do we get strength to do these things? In verse 16 and to 18, it says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Rejoice evermore, the, the emphatic synonym of ever, always and continually, to re continually be rejoicing. Somebody said, he, he who is wont to God for all things is happening for the best will have continuous joy. My translation, right or wrong, is if you trust that all things work together for good, you're going to have continuous joy. And happiness, uh, I, I used to have, I got a new, new Bible, I used to have written in the front of just a reminder that Happiness isn't based on happenings. It's based on knowing the will of God, right? We don't get our, our happiness from things that happen, but knowing that God's in control. I think uh, uh, Brother Schuller covered that 
uh, very well last. I just just listened to his message this evening, and I think he covered that very well last last week. And to do that, we must pray without ceasing, without stopping. Did you ever notice that it's hard to focus on our own problems when we're conversing with someone else? I often think of times when I've been at funerals for loved ones, and and you know, trying to hold it together, and you're you're grieving, and somebody comes up that you haven't seen in a while, a cousin or or somebody, and you start talking about something off topic, and just for a moment, just for a moment, you forget about your grief. Um, and when, you, when we think about the, the praying, that communication, if, we're to stay, if we stay in constant communication with God, it's hard not to rejoice. When we're constantly focusing on Him, focusing on His will, focusing on what He has for our life, it's hard not to have a mind set on His will and His purpose when we're in constant communication with Him. And in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God, even when it seems adverse, which we know that nothing really is. Um, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that know God and to them that are called according to His purpose. Even in Luke chapter 10 and verse 21, Jesus rejoices at the Father's will when He says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it, so it seems, seemed good in Thy sight. So God's will should be the believer's law. We can rejoice and give thanks to God for all things if we know that we're headed to verse number 10. When it talks about living together with Him forever. If we know who we're serving and if we know who we serve beside as fellow believers. Um, so, it's God's will that we comfort ourselves together. It's God's will that we edify each other that we know each other, that we esteem each other very high, or highly, that we be at peace with one another, that we warn each other, that we comfort each other, that we support each other, that we be patient with one another. And when we do, we will rejoice evermore as we pray without ceasing, giving thanks and everything together, and know that we're all in God's will together. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you again for, for your goodness, Lord. We thank you that that we can know that you're in control, Lord, and, and by seeking your face and seeking your will, Father, we can please you, and that we can be servants worthy, Lord, of your ministry. We're just thankful again that we have an opportunity even to, be, to, uh, to have a part in this, Lord. To, uh, and we pray as we do it, Lord, we would be faithful and that you would be glorified, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Dave's a little bit taller than I. Thank you, Dave, for that challenge from God's Word. Turn on your hymnals to page 705. Take the name of Jesus with you. Page 705. Please stand.
1 verse 4 at the name of Jesus bowing falling prostrate at his feet king of kings in heaven will crown him when our journey is complete precious name oh how sweet above earth and joy As you pray for uh, fellow members of our church and friends of our church, make sure you, you pray for Thornton Wilson. He needs to regain his strength. His, his grip is still good, but he's got to be able to get around a little bit better. And they're working him hard at the rehab center. So continue to pray for Thor. Thank you, Lord, for all that you mean to us. Thank you for your challenge from your word. We ask that you'll be with Thor as he's strengthening himself through the help of the um, uh, physical therapy. And we just, you know, we know, Lord, that his desire is to be up on his feet and going about witnessing for you. Again, we thank thee for the opportunity we have to pray for one another. Go with us that as we um, visit the world, because we're only visitors here, O oh Lord, and as we witness before our co-workers and families, for Christ's sake, amen.